ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhind, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 Purpose Girls. Years ago, I began my career before Purpose Girl. I was a teacher and I actually taught college during my grad school year. And I had the privilege of teaching undergraduates the science of positive psychology while I was learning it. And one day I got really bad news at home. So I was in my apartment and thinking about class, but not really even yet preparing. And I got news about a dear friend of mine who was ill at home. And I remember feeling so sad, so down. And at the same time, then I got a notice from one of my professors that I didn't do as well on a paper as I thought. And then I started feeling really stressed and really anxious. And in the moment, it felt like a million things in my life were falling apart. And I actually then needed to go to class and to show up for my students. And knowing the psychology like I do, I knew that how I showed up was how they would respond. I knew that if I show up grounded, I show up excited, I show up inspired, they too would feel grounded, excited, and inspired. That is not an easy task, as we all know, when we are going through a lot at once and all the emotions are super high. I was so grateful in that moment to have some tools to be able to bring myself back. But I remember thinking about my mom who had been a teacher, my aunts who were teachers, my friends who are teachers, all these people who deal with uh, Josh, who was a teacher for 20 years. I wasn't even with him or knew him at the time, but like all these people who are teachers. And then I started thinking about all the mothers and fathers and how much our energy and our emotions are contagious to other people. There's research that backs this up. Did you know that your emotions are contagious to the people around you up to three degrees of separation? So your emotions transfer to your kids and then that will impact your kids' emotions. And then your kids, then they go play with somebody else and then it impacts the other kids' emotions. And then it just goes on and on. And so there is a huge need because there's so much stress among teachers. There's so much stress with parents. There's so much stress just period in our world. There's a huge need to educate educators, right? To, for all of us to learn. And especially with so much going on in the world right now, so much stress, it is such an opportunity for all of us to learn how do we work with our own emotions so that we can show up and be who we want to be. And I have the perfect guest today who is going to help us just with that. I want to introduce you to Dr. Ilana Nankin. She is an award-winning entrepreneur, master educator, and expert yoga trainer committed to using wellness as a vehicle for social change. Ilana is the founder and CEO of Breathe for Change, an organization on a mission to enhance the health and well-being of teachers, students, and entire school communities. Breathe for Change offers the world's only 200-hour wellness and yoga teacher training specifically for educators and leads self-care and social-emotional learning professional development for schools, 
districts, and organizations. Since 2015, Breathe for Change has certified 3,500 educators as yoga teachers and wellness champions who are positively impacting the lives and well-being of over 500,000 students throughout the U.S., and that is just the start. Ilana, welcome to the Purpose Girl podcast. Thank you. I am so happy to be here. It is such an honor. I feel the same. Reading and learning about you and what you do and how you are impacting so many kids, their families, teachers, their families, administrators. I mean, it goes on and on. This is what we need now. When I talk about it, I mean, the Purpose Girl podcast is all about each one of us stepping into our true purpose, each one of us women being the change that the world needs now. And it's within us, right? We have the strengths, we have the gifts, and we have the ideas. And your story is so interesting. <laughs> and so I'd love it if you share, how did you even come up with this? Uh, well, just like you, <laughs> it really started with my own experience as a teacher. So I'm a former pre-K teacher. I taught the little ones who are just the loves of my life in San Francisco. I was teaching in a really low-income, under-resourced neighborhood and at a Spanish dual immersion school. And when I was teaching, even though I absolutely love the kids, I, as a teacher, was so stressed and so overwhelmed and overworked and like was seeking seeking things outside of myself. Like, what do I do? And of course you were so stressed out. I mean, I watch teachers and I think with coronavirus, parents have gotten a, a real deeper understanding of what teachers go through every day. And I hand it to every teacher and every parent and everybody right now. But it is so stressful. And you've got to take care of all those kids. You've got to teach them at different levels. You've got to get all the materials. You've got to organize. You've got to do homework every night. I mean, there's so much. Mm -hmm. And so one day my roommate at the time, who was also a teacher, she came home and she looked blissed out. And I was like, what is going on? And she's like, come to yoga with me. And I said, I don't do yoga. Like I'm an athlete. And then very quickly, my perception changed because I went to a yoga class and it, I ended up going every single day before I taught because it completely transformed my well-being and my life. And I showed up completely differently for my kids to the point where when I wouldn't practice yoga or have a meditation practice before school, my kids would be like, Missy Lana, did you miss yoga today? <laughs> oh, they are so smart. They're, They're so, so good. They're so smart. <laughs> so wise. So, um, you know, I started integrating so many of these wellness practices into my classroom with my kids and just saw remarkable transformations in them, both social, emotionally and academically. And I was like, there is something here that needs to be further explored and shared everywhere. And so I ended up pursuing my PhD in curriculum and instruction at the University of Wisconsin in Madison and became a teacher educator. And for my dissertation, I ended up following a bunch of teachers that I had taught for two years in the teacher education program into their first year of teaching. And I was specifically looking at how they would take up their ideals of social justice and action in their classrooms because we were always talking about social justice and equity. And I was pushing them to really look at education as a vehicle for social change. And to do that, we need to have these courageous conversations. And so 
very quickly it became clear in my research that all of these, you know, social justice oriented educators who wanted to be in education forever were so stressed and so overwhelmed and burnt out even within a few months of teaching and that negative cycle of well-being was impacting their teaching and their ability to fulfill on their intentions for equity oriented education and so as i was watching this unfold before my eyes how universal the issue of teacher stress and burnout is i had just gotten certified as a yoga teacher so i'd done my training and i was still teaching courses at the university And the students I was teaching thought it was like the coolest thing ever that I was a yoga teacher. And so they ended up renting out space in the student union to teach me yoga each week in addition to my three-hour education course. Wow. And then every single day, different students of mine would come up to me and say things like, oh my gosh, Ilana, the kids who normally have anxiety attacks before tests are utilizing the breathing techniques you taught us and their test scores are increasing or students who experience so much trauma in the home are learning how to breathe and everything's improving. And the teachers that I'm working with are now using these practices and their stress is reducing. It was like one thing after the next. And I just said, okay, nothing's going to stop me. I hear you, universe. Yeah. Like, okay, I get the message. Um, (laughs) And so I was like, nothing's going to stop me. I'm starting a movement that aims to enhance the health and well-being of first and foremost our teachers, but obviously students and entire school communities. And I'm going to start the world's only 200-hour wellness and yoga teacher training that's specifically for educators and community leaders who truly care about using wellness as a vehicle for social change. And I did not stop after I said that. And you are still not stopping. I mean, it's only been five years and I was looking at the impact that you've made and, you know, and and you can share this better than I can. It seems like every year this is growing and growing where you started off the first year with how many teachers in your training? I somehow managed to convince 34 educators that it was this extraordinary idea to come to Madison, Wisconsin, of all places, for a 200-hour thing that had never existed before. So started with 34 teachers the first year. And then the second year, we expanded to the Bay Area, where I'm from. I was like, we got to take it home. And (laughs) New York City, because Sesame Street, Sesame Workshop found out what we were doing and thought it was extraordinary. So they hosted our training. And Mm. when... Elmo and Big Bird walked in. I knew I was like, okay, I'm, I'm on. To, we're on to something here. <laughs> yes, that's like okay. We we're kind of make this is like I've made it. You know, when a Big Bird shows, yeah, like this. I is surrender. I've yeah, I'm done. I mean, I'm not done, but I guess I've just begun because now here we are. So that second year, we certified 185 educators, and then the next year, we expanded to three more cities: DC, Austin, and LA, and certified a total of 600 that year even more. And then the following year, we expanded to five more cities. So then we were in 11, including Boston, Denver, Seattle, Tampa, and Chicago. And so then that year, we certified 1100. That was in 2018. And we've only grown ever since. And so we've certified about 3,500 educators over the last five years. And, you know, given the context of what's going on with COVID-19 and the stresses and the challenges and what what does this mean for I mean everyone is contemplating what what do we do what does this mean for education and being in person and not being able to do that what do, I mean as a company we had to say 
what do we do? We're in the middle of our spring training. We have over, we've got 350 educators going through our training right now. And we just said, you know what, we can find a way to, to continue doing this. And so in the middle of our training, we're now doing it online via Zoom. And it's the, you know, it gives our educators such a sense of community and connection and purpose because. Mm -hmm. Which they need right now, right? Because there's so much, there's so much unrest. There's so much unknown. And friends of mine who are teachers are needing to learn to teach in ways that they, they had never learned online teaching and it's Mm -hmm. a whole different way. And and giving instruction and then backing off and and the home instruction and how much is too much and and there's no community right teachers usually have connection and community and and as we're talking i know you specifically work with educators but this is true for all of us right for all of you you moms out there right you're used to having a community of other people that you can connect with and you can like let some steam off with and you can talk to and And so having that continuation of wellness practice and of the yoga teacher training, I'm sure is huge for these people. Enormous. And the beauty is that because all of these people are now equipped with the tools to teach these practices, they're sharing it digitally. They're, or they're in their homes doing it with their families and their own kids. And at Brief for Change, we're, we're recognizing that what we have, like the tools that we teach are so critical for everybody right now. So we've been making resources for parents and families and kids and, and teachers to use in their teaching, but also like at the foundation of all of it is the critical need for all of us to take care of ourselves first and Mm -hmm. foremost, because, you know, especially during a time where our health is that can be at stake and is so important. These tools truly do allow us to um, reduce our stress, calm, calm ourselves down, find inner peace, energize us when we're feeling down, all the benefits. So let's talk about what those tools are because I think we all hear, you got to love yourself first. You got to take care of yourself first. It's an overused analogy, the airplane analogy where you put your own mask on first. So, you know, and it's something that I also preach and teach as well. And I know that so many of my listeners and my coaching clients and women just share with me all the time how difficult that is, right? The guilt of taking care of yourself first. So maybe first and foremost, can we talk about why that's so important, you know, either from a scientific perspective and from your own experience? And then we can get into the tools. Yeah, of course we can. This is my favorite thing to talk about. (laughs) Yay! Uh, Well, I'll start by sharing the wise words of my former four-year-old pre-K student. (laughs) Who are always the wisest. Always the wisest. I mean, let's be honest. Like, can we just like sit down and let them teach us? Because they have it figured out, right? They they put play first. They know how to work their emotions. Like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. So one day I was asking my class, I said, hey, like we're a community. What does community mean to you? And my adorable Patrick raised his hand and said, well, in a community, first you have to love yourself because if you don't love yourself, you can't love anybody else. I was like, Uh, excuse me, (laughs) say that again. I like wrote it on the board. I had him repeat it a thousand times to make sure that I actually heard what he said. And he said it. And Patrick for president. Patrick for president. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, a hundred percent. So he's now in high school, which is just no. blowing me away. <laughs> and does he know he was the foundation of all this? I told his mom, but I'm not sure if she's communicated everything to him yet. So I am going to have a conversation with him very soon. Um, I'm so excited. Um, I definitely love staying in touch with all of my pre-K families and kids. And it's been eight years since I, you know, I left to go get my PhD and then started Breathe for Change. But the kids are what still drive my soul. And Mm -hmm. um, that's the heart of education. So to go back to your question around why is self-care important? How do we do it? uh, I think you can use that analogy or the metaphor of, you know, when you're taking your oxygen mask and putting it on first, if if we don't have the capacity within ourselves to hold space for ourselves, then how in the world are we going to hold space for another? So I think what I've realized and what thousands of educators that I've worked with have come to realize is that even when we prioritize our own self-care for a few minutes, a day. Mm. It doesn't have to be like, Hey, I'm taking four hours. This is just me, 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 (laughs) me time. It's like when you're intentional about what a self-care practice is for you and integrating whatever wellness practices work for you. And that's going to be totally different for you than it is for me, than it is for the billions of other people on the planet. But this intentional time that you take for yourself every single day, whether it's sitting down and visualizing what intention you want to set for yourself for the day and just being like, how do I want to show up today? What do I need to fulfill my intention? And maybe you draw on one word that you can come back to as an anchor throughout your day. So maybe from I'm checking in with myself right now, maybe for me, it's compassion. Hmm. And so when, you know, then I'm just allow that to fuel my body to resonate in my body and to really live in my heart. And then I start my day like that. Throughout the rest of the day, all of a sudden, I might be agitated, I might be stressed, there's a million things going on, I'm scared for my health, I'm scared for my family's health, what's going on. And then I'm like, Oh, wait, remember, compassion, and you bring yourself back. And so even that I really find in especially in stressful times, having a an anchor and intention to come back to is so powerful. And anyone can do that. Four-year-olds can do that. Eight-year-olds can do that. And no matter what's going on, I love how you just took it from something that people may be thinking, okay, I've got to spend 40 minutes sitting on a cushion. I've got to you know, do all these different things to one simple check-in that literally is a minute. It's a minute. Just pausing breathing. As you were saying it, I was feeling into myself. How do I want to show up today? And what came to me was present. And then you asked, and what do I need? And the word that came to me was love. Mm-hmm. And it feels so good. I, f- I felt my shoulders relax. I felt like my inner organs relax. It's so simple. Mm-hmm. It's so simple and yet so profound. And mm-hmm. the beauty is that if we do these practices in community, if you're teaching Josh and then you're doing it together, then you can talk about it. You can hold each other accountable. If I'm doing Mm. it with my partner and I call my family and I'm like, what's your intention? It's a way for all of us to bring each other back to what matters to us. So Mm -hmm. that's just something that to me is 
beyond powerful, especially when we're in isolation or social distancing, because so much of what we're used to calling in or what we're used to, like all the habits that we're used to living by every day have just changed. So how do we readapt to recognize that we still can bring ourselves back? Um, I also think, especially right now, when there's so much uncertainty and there's so much fear, um, which is absolutely understandable. I know I carry that for sure. Um, We all do. Simple at, at Breathe for Change in our 200 hour training, one of our most foundational practices is three collective breaths. Can you pause for a moment and just take three collective breaths? So you could do it with me. Take a big breath mm-hmm. in and a big breath out. Inhale and release. Breathe in. Out with an audible sigh. (sighs) And then bring your hand to your heart. You can just check in with how you're feeling right now. Hmm. Notice any shifts. Hmm. And then you can soften or gently open your eyes if they're closed. And I don't know about you, but I sure felt a shift after three breaths. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to open my eyes, girlfriend. You I just don't. Want to just <laughs> no, I want to stay in like well, the, that's the, the beauty yeah. of it. It's like you don't have to, right? There's you can visualize yourself living into your intention. You can continue breathing. You can do a body scan where you're going from your head to your toe and just feeling the sensations that are showing up. From, Mm -hmm. you know, the top of your head to your forehead, feel the sensations in your eyes, your nose, your mouth, all the way down to the tips of your toes. And you can do that in one minute. You can do it in 10 minutes. There's so much variety and space to modify and adapt these practices to make them meaningful. And the beauty about like this body scan that I just sort of facilitated overviewed a lot of us when we undergo stress i mean physiologically we are likely in a our sympathetic nervous system is heightened which is parasympathetic fight or flight like you're in high stress mode you're overwhelmed you're overworked you're like anxious all of that is like your sympathetic nervous system is on fire and these practices The breathing practices, especially simple, natural flow of your breath practices will allow you to transition a little bit more into your parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest. It's like, oh. And so if we can use some of these practices to, when we're in that heightened state to help bring us back to center that's healing in and of itself. And Mm -hmm. the body scan is a way to, as you're looking at the sensations in your body, you can actually feel where your tension is living. 
you could be like, oh my God, I'm scanning my hips. There's so much tension in your hips. Well, that makes sense. We hold emotion in our hips. So mm. there you go. Breathe into that space and exhale out any tension. So you're like welcoming in something that's going to serve you, exhaling out something that may not. And you're just creating more spaciousness within your body. So then you can show up more fully, not only for yourself, but for your loved ones and everyone in your community. And so I think it's a no brainer. The research shows it. My dissertation shows it. these practices allow us to be our best selves and to deal with the unbelievable challenges, the unprecedented challenges that we're facing right now that none of us know how to deal with because we've never had to experience anything like this. And so the more that we can create opportunities for us within our day, whether it's proactively or responsively. So like the, what I've shared so far is like you start your day with intention setting or maybe a gratitude practice. I also, every single day with a colleague of mine, his name is Chris, he's the best. We share with each other. We wake up. The first thing we do is share three things we're grateful for in this Mm. moment. Mm. And, you know, gratitude is another way literally the the neurotransmitters in our brain can like create new pathways that are more positive than some of the fear oriented pathways that we are limiting beliefs maybe causing us to to live in so if we draw on gratitude it literally has us reshape our our brain it's incredible everything you're sharing it's like this is the foundation. I love it of positive psychology. It's Mm -hmm. so important. And when we look at what gratitude does for our brain, what any of these practices do, you know, the, I want to go back to the breathing and then I'll get back to gratitude. When we're in that fight flight mode, it actually hurts our immune system. Oh yeah. You know, and actually can lead to higher rates of cardiac arrest. I mean, higher rates of people get more colds when they're stressed out all the time. And so these simple things will help with your immune system And then not to mention, it's how you show up then around others. And I love that you just brought up gratitude because it's so simple. It's so simple. And profound. Like you said, something simple can be profound. And we know from the research that when we are experiencing gratitude and simply writing down or sharing gratitude, we're turning on the part of our brain that allows us to be more in that rest, digest, kind of calm space. You're reshaping your brain from kind of always in threat and anxiety mode into more, into a happier mode. I mean, th- these are profound. And, and I'm curious right now, maybe we'll play right now. What are three things you're grateful for right now? I'm grateful for my brother who hmm. has a heart of gold and I just care so much about him right now and his well-being. I'm grateful for my team, my Breathe for Change team, who has their angels. They're the most inspiring leaders who have come together in this crisis and come from such a place of love and commitment to our mission. And, you know, we're also devoted to figuring out how do we, you know, not just make sure that Breathe for Change is sustainable, but that we can also give what we know to the world and make it a better place right now. So I'm so grateful for my team. And I'm really grateful for my 
partner, Yen, who is like my best friend in the entire world. He's been my best friend since 14. And oh, we, I love that. Oh my God. yeah, we fell in love this last year and it's the best. So, um, oh. I'm just so grateful that we're together and being there for each other and that, you know, we have each other's back during this challenging time. So I don't know what I'd do without him. Oh, I love that. So what about you? I will share. First, I want to share. This is something I love about gratitude. When you share your gratitudes, it calms my body down. Mm-hmm. It creates this upward spiral of positivity that benefits the listener, the receiver, and the speaker. It's why, I mean, even just doing this around a dinner table can impact everybody's health and well-being. You know, it's so um, beautiful, beautiful gratitudes. All right, three things I'm grateful for. I am grateful for the abundant amount of food that we have to eat right now. Mm. I know how blessed we are to have that food and to have access to fresh food. And I'm feeling grateful that we have the finances to be able to stock up for a couple of weeks. That feels um, really grateful for that. I'm super grateful for my medical team, my OB medical, my OB, my high risk OB, all the nurses, all the ultrasound technicians, all the people taking appointments who are going to the hospital and increasing risk for themselves and their families every day to continue to care for those of us who need to continue to have medical care through this. I mean, being pregnant, I I have to have medical care and Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for them and I'm super grateful. This is all part of that. I had to go to the hospital this week for a scan. Everything's fine, but like, it's Yay. just part of what I have to do, you know? And the hospital was so well prepared to ensure that our health and safety was taken into account and took our temperatures beforehand and managed the traffic differently than normal. And I just was so grateful for all, for my medical workers and for all the medical workers. And the third thing I am super grateful for in this moment I am grateful for all the women who are showing up in the Purpose Girl community to support one another. I held a call last night, a free webinar, a free call, Sisterhood Circle, and 58 women from Australia to the UK to different parts of the US showed up to be in sisterhood and love one another and talk about rising up as our best, most powerful, purposeful selves during this experience. And I'm super grateful that we're showing up for each other. I mean, there are women all over the world who don't quote unquote know each other, but have been building community through our Facebook group and things like that. And I have found I need sisterhood right now more than ever. And so I'm Mm -hmm. super grateful. Oh, I have to add a fourth one. I'm very grateful that baby boy chose me. Anyone listening probably knows my, you know, my listeners know I've had a five-year fertility journey and I'm 45 years old. And Mm. so I'm very grateful for baby boy. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Thank you. And I'm so happy for you. And I love your love story with Yen. It's so yummy. (laughs) It's pretty precious. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, I always can see my guests, y'all can't, but like just watching her smile as she talks about (laughs) it is so adorable. (laughs) Just so yummy. So, you know, these are simple practices and it's like, I can feel in my body how it makes a difference for me. And... I've heard from my clients that when, you know, I'm thinking of one of my clients, my coaching clients who, when she's stressed out, she's noticed 
how she doesn't mean to, but her temper is shorter with her kids. Mm-hmm. But when she listens to a meditation, she was in a group program of mine that I put out weekly meditations. And when she would listen to a meditation, she was much better able to meet them no matter where they were. Have you found in the research that emotional contagion and how we show up matters? And I would love for you to share that because I think it's so important for us to understand. I love that you use the word emotional contagion. That's so, it's so true that a lot of the research shows and also my own experience with thousands of people where I'm testing these hypotheses show how relationships are so reciprocal. So how we show up, let's say I'm stressed, I'm overwhelmed. I bring that energy into our communication, into our connection, into our interaction. There, We have mirror neurons in our brain. And these mirror neurons, what they do is if basically they adapt to how the person that you're interacting with is showing up. So if you're, even if you're not saying anything, but you're bringing that energy of stress, of overwhelm, of anxiety. And all of you know what I'm saying. You know, when someone walks in a room or when you walk in a room and you're carrying that, it is palpable, right? Yes. And then all of a sudden- It's like you can see red flames coming from exactly. the body. You and then see. all of a sudden, your body is now, oh my God, why do I feel so stressed? I feel so overwhelmed. What do I do? I'm walking on eggshells. That's actually the mirror neurons in your brain adapting to- the emotions of the people, those around you, or you (laughs) bringing that to other people. The beauty of this, there's like a positive thing is like, we just talked about what happens when you're stressed, when you're overwhelmed, when you're angry, when you're frustrated, and then you could bring that you like care, it comes into the space and it infuses the space. Well, what happens when we flip the script and you show up, you bring gratitude, you bring joy, you're filled up inside yourself and you're bringing so much love, you're appreciating people, you're sharing your compassion, you're empathizing. That also changes the brains of those around you. The mirror neurons are working in the same way that they do if there's a, you know, a more challenging emotion that's showing up. And so that's the power that we each individually have to fundamentally transform what's happening around us. So that's like how our own well-being deeply impacts the well-being of the collective, whether it's well-being in our relationships or well-being in our community. That's how we go in our 200-hour training. We start with transformation of self, which is all about us cultivating our own well-being so that we build that foundation of well-being within ourselves. And then we move into transformation of relationships. Okay, from that foundation of well-being in ourselves, how do we show up fully and enhance well-being in all of our relationships, recognizing that we actually have that power to do that, given that we have the power to determine how we show up. And then from there, it's like, okay, from that foundation within ourselves and our relationships, how to utilize wellness as a vehicle for social change within our entire community? Because it's like you had said in the very beginning of our session, it's a ripple effect. When one person is showing up well and healthy and in an inspiring light, then whoever they're interacting with or they're teaching or they're serving or they're working with or they're being mentored by, that's going to have those ripple effects. And then that will likely change how those people are showing up who then have more ripple effects on other people. So you see that it's like an endless ripple of possibility if we all take responsibility for how we're showing up. 
Mm, I just want to put a picture frame around it, right? Sometimes I, when my guests say something that's just so genius and potent, it's like, I just want to frame it and put it on a wall. <laughs> it's endless possibility. Mm-hmm. If we all just take that self-responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I know some people listening to this and listening to me on other episodes probably are like, I don't have a choice, right? I am stuck in this tiny house with three kids, two dogs, my partner who we're not used to spending 24 hours together, or just in general, like I've got work and I've got this and I've got, I don't have a choice. And I wear a necklace that says I choose every day as my own reminder of of that. Mm. Any of your educators or teachers or anybody that you come in contact with in your community, how do you teach? Yes, you do have a choice to make this choice. I think it, it often starts with us looking at our limiting beliefs. Like for example, my limiting belief my entire life has been like, I'm not good enough. Usually when we're children, something happened. It doesn't really matter what that story is that happened. It's what we made that story mean about who we are. When I was five, I there was you know something that happened. I I wanted to show my dad a picture of a rainbow that I, and a cat that I had drawn, and he told me I didn't lock the doors. It's like if I like thought about it in another moment, it wouldn't mean anything. But at that moment, I felt like oh my god, I'm not good enough, and I started sobbing. I locked myself in my room and yeah, crushed your little five year old self, my little five year old self, and so and then you develop all these coping mechanisms or defense mechanisms to protect you from never having to live in that limiting belief anymore. And so some people whose limiting belief is the same as mine, I'm not good enough, might be the type of person who just retreats, who's like, okay, I'm not going to try. I'm going to, I'm just going to stay in this because it's too scary to be, um, to feel that I'm not good enough. I can't deal with that. Whereas the way I did it, I was like, I became the achiever. I tried to prove myself. I wanted to be, you know, I was going to overachieve. So I became the kindergarten class president, like homecoming queen, got into Berkeley, PhD before 30. And yet outside world may think, oh, wow, Ilana is like amazing and so confident, but still underlying a lot of those accomplishments was still this limiting belief that I have in myself that I'm not good enough. So it doesn't actually matter what those accomplishments are unless I believe that I deserve them and I'm worthy of them, right? So a lot of the work, I think that it it starts is us identifying what are those limiting beliefs that we have and then shifting, considering what are some empowering beliefs that I can take on to replace that? Like, I am amazing. I am brilliant. Okay, like maybe you spend your morning meditation literally just saying that to yourself. I am good enough. I am enough. I am enough. I am enough until you believe it. (laughs) I do that almost every day Mm -hmm. because mine is that I'm not lovable. And so like to show up every day and keep getting on the microphone or keep showing up, you know, at an event or keep, I need to remind myself of that. In doing so, it gives myself back that power and that power to choose. So I have to ask you, we're going to switch topics a little bit just because I know we're going to run out of time soon. You have built an incredible business Mm -hmm. in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know a lot of listeners want to start something, want to start a purpose-based business. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't know how to do it, but it's going to take too long. How did you go from 
34 <laughs> teachers, right? An idea to thousands. I get asked this question all the time and it's very simple. I mean, to me, it was like every cell in my being, every every ounce of who I am knew that this had to happen. It was like, I felt so aligned with my purpose. I knew that my mission was to transform lives through humanizing education. I knew that the world needed social, emotional learning, self-care, wellness, and that our teachers and our students needed it more. Like, And then that space was just such a space where it could fundamentally change the world. It's like, once you know what that thing is, it happens. I just started sharing my vision and it no longer was my vision. It was a collective vision Mm -hmm. because when you care so deeply about something, I'm a thousand percent positive that you're not the only one that cares about it. That if you start sharing what it is, you're going to get people on your team. You're going to not feel like you have to carry the burden of like doing this huge thing. I mean, I just kept speaking my vision into the world. And then all of a sudden, these powerful people who I could have never dreamed of being on my team were like left, like they're, they devoted their lives to this. And then it's like the first time I had my first training, like if you had told me that in five years, I would have had 3,500 graduates, I would have like, I'm sure I spoke that into the world. But if I actually believed it, you know, that may be a different story, but I just knew that this had to happen. And so it was that conviction. It's like unstoppability. And and was I always confident? A hundred percent. No. Did I sob and cry and question myself? A thousand percent. Yes. Did I make a ton of mistakes? Did I have to go through ups and downs with my company? Yes. This isn't like the picture perfect. There was no challenges. It was so human, but it was the passion and the purpose that lived within me. And that thing has never died. I always wondered, like, would it burn out? Or people ask me, like, are you afraid that like, when are you going to start your next thing? And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is like a, this is a lifelong mission that I have. And so what I would recommend for all of you who are listening is to, to figure out what you care so deeply about that you can commit your entire life to without thinking about what is the business model? What is all of all the things that you have to build in order to make that happen? What matters at the core is the mission and the vision. And from there, you speak that into the world and the rest of it will come because you will be so clear that of what the world needs and what, how, like, like a mission that like you fight for forever. And so. Yeah. Preach woman. Yeah. This is why I'm so obsessed with purpose. I got interviewed yesterday for a blog that is specifically for new coaches. And the interviewer asked me, what about new coaches who are filled with self-doubt and feel imposter syndrome and I said, you go back to your purpose. This, yeah, It's like, I'm filled with self-doubt and I'm eight years into this, please. Like it's human, right? Totally. And when you go back to your purpose and it's like, why does the world need this? What am I trying to do? It's bigger than you. Yep. And that has a life of its own. Totally. And that I'm, I love, love, love. That makes so much sense to me. And I too have found exactly what you're saying. And I want every one of you purpose girls to hear this, that when you share the larger vision and you share the impact that you want to make on the world, what you see that the world needs, people come on board. Mm-hmm. 
happens all the time because people are hungry for change that the world needs. Mm -hmm. And you know what I love, Ilana? I saw your tagline is changing the world one teacher at a time. Mm -hmm. Purpose Girl Podcast, our tagline is changing the world one woman at a time. Oh my God, that's so perfect. (laughs) And so that is really what we're talking about here is that when you begin with that change in yourself and then you that self-responsibility and with that, right, both the self-care and then the self-expression of purpose, we are going to change this whole planet. And that is exactly what is needed now. There's no question. No question at all. Incredible. So Ilana, I know we have the links of where everybody can find you because I know that they will, especially those of you who are educators or somehow connected with educators or parents now that there are more parent experiences for, for people. So we have those links in the show notes and, and very quickly, where can people just what's the easy URL? So the easy URL is breatheforchange.com and breathe F-O-R for the other. We actually started a new website to support parents, families, and teachers and students for COVID-19. And so that we actually have a breathe number four change.com is will take you to COVID resources right now, Um, but they're both co-linked to each other. So they'll link back to each other, but yeah, you can find our, 200 hour trainings and other resources. We're starting to do more live digital offerings and, you know, working together to figure out what do we do over these next, who knows how long to adapt what we've been doing in person to online. So you can also find us on Facebook. We have Breathe for Change, F-O-R, Breathe for Change. Um, And then on Instagram, we're breathe for change with a number four. So you know how it is. It depends on what URLs you can get. Um, So you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. We're doing some Facebook lives. We're also having some other digital workshops and opportunities for people all over the place to get connected and to experience wellness uh, for yourself, for your community, and to gain some tools, especially to to address some of the challenges that we're all facing now. So check us out, come to our website, reach out. And I am so excited to be in community with all of you. So keep changing the world. You're amazing. Yes. yes. And it's so important, you know, everything we talked about, I know you found Alana and just even looking at your website that the the benefits for educators, and I assume right now parents too, <laughs> is improve mental health and increased kindness, enhance physical health. And then for students, higher GPAs, reduce stress, fewer suspensions, increased attendance, better focus in the everyday. I mean, this is incredible, incredible work that you're offering. And so thank you for extending your work and doing all that you do, especially right now. Thank you for helping me share it with the world. I really appreciate it. My honor. We all need it. That's for sure. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So there's one little thing I like to do at the end of all of my guest interviews, and it's called a Purpose Power Play Round. And basically, I'm just going to ask you a couple of random questions. And whatever is the first thing that comes to your mind is the best answer. Are you down? Down. All right. Awesome. What song gets you pumped up, excited, like ready to live your purpose? Ooh. First, I was afraid. I was petrified. <laughs> yeah. 
kept just thinking, thinking I could I never, live never live without you by my son. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I didn't know that that would be the answer, but that was the first thing that but came that really came. Yes, I will survive. I love it. I love it. I love it. What about a book that you think everybody needs to read? Mm, the Courage to Teach by Parker Palmer. Ooh, I don't know that one. I suppose it's not in, I'm not in that world. He is my heart and soul passion, a great advisor and mentor of mine. And I feel like his messages are relevant to everyone. It's like everything that we've been talking about. Um, he mm. speaks that into the world in such a powerful way. Beautiful. One last question, Ilana. What is one thing you think every woman needs to know? That they're enough. Mm. That you're beautiful inside and out. There's nothing you need to do or change about who you are except for to realize that you're enough already. And that right there is everything. Well, Ilana, you are so enough and so more than enough and so needed and... (laughs) purposeful and powerful and life-changing just in this time. I feel profoundly changed in this time. So I thank you for being part of the Purpose Girl podcast. And to all of you out there, thank you for listening. We hope you loved this episode. If you did, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and leave your five-star review. It literally takes 60 seconds of your time. And your reviews are what is making women listen to the Purpose Girl podcast around the world. We have been ranked top 20 in self-help and mental health in more than 30 countries because of you. Also, make sure you're joining the Purpose Girls Facebook group because we are bringing it with how to bring purpose, how to bring wellness, how to really like take care of yourself and how to rise up at this time because this is a powerful time for women to rise up and live their purpose and the world needs us now. If you are not getting the Purpose Girl newsletter, you need to get it now. Go on over to PurposeGirl.com, sign up on the homepage because that is where I am sending out free two-minute videos every single week to inspire you, lift you up, allow you to feel empowered during this time and beyond. Also sending out the weekly tips and you'll be the first to know about different courses and free sisterhood circles and different things that I'm doing. So make sure you go over to PurposeGirl.com. As always, the most important thing you can do is to share the Purpose Girl podcast with every woman you know. That is how we change the world one woman at a time. With that, my love, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.